I'm at a party last weekend and I'm talking to one of these aliens that are giants praying mantises. Praying mantises are based on these on these aliens and they're they're a fun hang. Anyway, they can they can party. And so I'm explaining to them that I want to do a follow-up to the love episode because there are some upgrades coming to that experience here for the humans. And I said, I don't want to put it out until later in the week because they have this ritual. They have this annual ritual that they do once a year in which everyone is obligated to express love at the exact same time. And the, the praying mantis was confused because those two things seem contradictory. You're obligated to express love which is an authentic expression every, you know, everywhere else. But here you're obligated. So let me get this straight. And then everyone kind of started to gather around as I explain it. So I'm like, yes. Okay. So the humans are like, on this day, we will express love for our partner by buying them something, by purchasing a thing, a piece of paper that's folded in an envelope, fl- flowers, something mass produced, and we will we will purchase it under duress at the last minute often. And it doesn't matter if there was a bad day. It doesn't matter if we are going through some stuff. It's like today is the calendar day in which we express this and it's important because everyone else is going to see your expression because I I need to put this expression onto the internet and then there's that some people get flowers other people get a post and sometimes these posts are really heartfelt and whatever but the vast majority of people participating in this ritual are doing it under duress and then the ritual you bring you bring the offering to the partner And then it gets judged. It gets judged for your performance, but then the recipient also judges how worthy they are of love based on what you did or did not, didn't, you know, do. And God forbid you forget. And sometimes people will know that it's coming. This is another ritual where we will know it's coming. We won't, they won't bring it up because they want to see if the person remembers now, some people are bad with dates. Some people are bad with dates, but we're not, we're not taking any of that into consideration. We are judging this relationship based on a homogenized. I just a homo, a day, a homogenized day. Everyone is expected to feel the same way on a day that benefits corporations, by the way, but like, obviously we're not looking at that. And This is the, we're going to get reservations to an overcrowded restaurant. We are going to eat maybe, you know, a fancy prefix meal. And we are going to celebrate our love on the same day, whether you fucking like it or not. And an alien who you know, eats the face of uh, its partners. 
la- was laughing. It was, they were laughing on the floor. They were rolling on the floor um, laughing. They spilt their drink laughing. And I thought that that was really funny. Anyway, um, uh, ugh, love, too. know if that's how you pronounce u-g-h ugh. Ugh, ugh. that's how do you how do you spell because that's what it's supposed to be i hear some people they read that word and they say ug but i believe ug is u-g-g 
I'll add this as a question on the Spotify. You can, well, I guess you can't answer it because you can only spell it. We'll take a poll. Anyway, welcome to 2024. 2024 is going to, 2017 was a huge year for the elevation of the human conscious experience. 2020, the next big, huge pivot. 2024 is going to say fuck you to all those. This one's huge. This one's huge. And like most huge pivots, you likely won't realize how huge it was until we're on the other side of it. Unlike 2020, this, there's some fun. Some people had fun in 2020. This, this one's big. And this one is big in the relationship sector for the human experience. I don't even want to say relationship, intimacy. I'm sure I've said this somewhere else before, but the old constructs were about codependency. You can go all the way back to Soberish, talking about that in 2019. Everything was codependent. Everything was outside of you. You were trying to get everything outside of you. You were trying to connect by artificial means. Everybody was wearing a mask. Nobody actually knew themselves. Moving forward, reality life will be about knowing your true self and knowing others' true self. And many of you have felt deep isolation in the time that you've been waking up. And the reason for that is because it is, for many, very difficult to find your true self while you have a program telling you to be something for somebody else. And for many, this is going to shift beginning in 2024. I can't promise you who it's going to be what, but there will be a lot of shifts around relating to others, friendship, community, and relationships. But, but this has to be according to the new rules. If it's not according to the new rules, you're going to feel like you are in a weirdo deja vu matrix loop. So download the new software and experience the new game. Try to play the new game without the new software. You're probably not going to have a lot of fun. Doesn't matter. Really doesn't matter if you do it that way or not. But this one I'm going to talk to you about is a little more fun. So we're going to talk about new rules for love and relating starting now. Number one, we're going to talk about dating. We're going to talk about dating. Homogenized societal relationship expectations are out. Relationship diversity is in. Many of you have been raised with an idea that everyone is supposed to have this one kind of relationship. And depending on how old you are and what kind of people you were raised around, for many of you, it was like this whole like heteronormative thing. And then you get married and then you have kids. You know, when my avatar was young, like early aughts, late nineties, it was like normal to be married before you're 25, already having children that has shifted for the younger generations. But there are Still a lot of expectations for what your relationship is supposed to look like, how fast it's supposed to progress, whether or not you're supposed to live together, sleep in the same bed, have one partner, whatever. All of that is going out the window. All we care about in the new world is knowing intimacy 
and however that intimacy shows up and individuality. We are doing things our own way outside of rules. And a lot of this is subtle. A lot of this is subtle. You might be someone who your friend group is all a bunch of, you know, pansexual polyamorous polymaths. And you feel like the weirdo token, you know, monogamous straight friends. That's fine. Be that. If that's what's true to you, you may find that you don't want to live with a partner, that you enjoy having someone to, you know, go to concerts with or hang out with and have dinner, and but you don't want to have them in your space. You may want to join a coven of single mothers who all raise their kids together. That will become a huge thing. Many people, as we move forward, will stop having children period, end of sentence. There'll be a lot less people having children, but people will stop having children with someone just because they're in love with them. Cause that's actually a fucking weird reason to have kids with someone, especially when you consider that so many people have kids with people that they are not aligned with on parenting. That's wild. You are signing up for the biggest commitment of your life and you are doing so with someone who is not a lot. That's like, I'm going to start a business with this person and we are never going to discuss the way in which we want to run a business. We're just going to assume because we love each other and we're in a committed relationship that that's going to last, even though it statistically does not. It's a wild that what people will start to see, like a lot of these structures, constructs don't make any sense. You'll start to have kids with friends You'll start to have, if you decide to have kids, it will be a lot more intentional and it'll be a lot more based on, I want to give this child this specific sort of upbringing and therefore I, I'm not going to choose a parent and then just let, according to who I'm currently enjoying spending time with. And assuming I'm going to feel the same way in my early 30s that I will feel in my 50s. And we're just going to throw it at the wall and see if it sticks. We're not going to have any discussions about education or, or you know, health or any, any of the things. We're not going to discuss any of that because why would we discuss and make sure that we resonate on the single most important commitment we're going to make in our life? You know, I, I, they, he, they got me something good for Valentine's Day. You know, this will work ridiculous people will just when people decide that they want to have children they will have to be very intentional and they'll look at these sort of things culture will shift culture is going to shift into what for many people who are attached to the old way of being where they only liked the illusion of choice not actual choice people will think this is chaos they will cry oh the family values are falling away it's like yeah those are just the values of the old thing i mean you know and that doesn't mean that you can't do the old thing. If the old thing is authentic to you, then do it. My avatar likes that. Just set it and forget. Like, just a, this structure is fine. But if that isn't what vibes with you, and you'll find that maybe you, quote unquote, not being able to find love in the past was you not being able to fit your square peg into that round hole. I did not mean it that way. Number two, self-deceptive. We're still talking about dating. Self-deceptive marketing is out. 
authentic broadcasting is in. Stop pretending to be cool when you are not cool. That means stop pretending to not care about things you actually care about. Stop pretending to be okay with casual relationships when you are actually looking for a committed relationship. Stop pretending to be okay with a committed relationship eventually when you are actually looking for a casual relationship. Stop hiding yourself. Stop hiding what you want. It's manipulation. Stop trying to keep the crazy, quote unquote crazy. Stop seeing your own emotional experience as crazy, for one. Stop pretending. Stop trying to be chosen. This isn't a beauty pageant. Gross. This is choosing a life partner or choosing someone to date or choosing someone to hang out with or choosing someone to go to concerts with. Know what it is that you want and be okay with what it is that you want. If you only want something casual, say that. If you want something committed, say that. You don't have to pretend to be cool in someone else's paradigm. Because what happens when you do that, what happens when you mask and pretend, is you sync up with someone who's not the right frequency for you. You have to broadcast your authentic frequency. If you keep pretending to be something that you're not, then you're going to attract something that's not right for you. And when you, when you, we'll get into this. We'll get, why would you do that? Oh, okay. Uh, We'll get into that in a second. Okay. Next chemistry is out. Compatibility is in. Now this one is tricky and this is going to be a big leap for a lot of people. But you've probably already been working on this since 2019. There was a huge codependency download around that time. When someone comes into your life that is meant to trigger a lot of your wounding, you will feel a lot of chemistry. And here's where I want to say, even though I'm saying it's out, still it's kind of in. Because that chemistry... If you chase that, if you chase that person that's going to continue to be unavailable, if you chase that person that frustrates the shit out of you, if you if you pursue this relationship with someone who's in a different resonance and then you just power struggle because you don't want the same thing, you actually will learn about yourself in that and which ultimately is going to bring you to a healing that is going to bring you to compatibility. So I actually don't even want to say to avoid the chemistry But understand that what you're looking for is not chemistry. You are looking for compatibility. This this chasing uh, feeling that is chaotic. And this is not the same thing as the excitement of meeting someone that you really vibe with. But the person you meet when you first meet is a fantasy. You cannot know a person immediately, especially when you have an emotional attachment. So that excitement... Uh, new relationship, energy, honeymoon phase, whatever you want to call it, there's always going to be an excitement there. But chemistry is is checking your text messages over and over again, uh, having your friends read them with you to see what they actually meant there, uh, having a desire to get away from it and then wanting to be close from it, dysregulation, having your shit thrown up in the air. You can't think about anything else. You can't do anything else. And that lasting for more than 
you know, a month. It's, it's normal to just be very excited. There's a difference between excitement and chemistry. Chemistry has been so pedestalized in the culture that has kept you on a codependent loop with the rom-coms and the everything else. You say, oh, chem- it's chemistry. It must be meant to be. Chemistry plus fantasy equals this person. I met my one, my twin flame, whatever. Chemistry isn't always a great thing. Ammonia and bleach have a chemical reaction. It doesn't mean that, you know, you should fuck it. I guess they, they should fuck. It doesn't matter. Now, number four. This is not great so far. Number four, pedestalizing. This goes with the other one. Pedestalizing and pathologizing, pathologizing is out. Neutral acknowledgement of capacity is in. People show you who they are pretty early on. They show you what they're capable of. Actually, I would like to scratch that last sentence because at some point we have to learn to, to see people as human no matter what. People show you what they're capable of early on. If a person is not capable of what you're looking for early on, you have to be able to release your fantasy that they were everything. And one way to release that fantasy is to stop pedestalizing people when you first meet them. You do not know in the first month if they're everything you've ever wanted. A lot of, like my avatar would write stories about people when she first met them, like, oh, finally, I finally found someone who dot, dot, dot. Like, that's a good chance you're pedestalizing someone. You're wanting to see them as perfect. Understanding that you can't see past the rose-colored glasses for the first three to six months will save you so much. Staying honest and open and knowing that you can't truly commit to something until you've had time to get to know one another will save you from then having to see this person as a hand-wringing villain rather than someone who may have actually really liked you but just isn't capable. Some people are not capable of emotional maturity. Many. Some people are not capable of committing in a relationship. Some people have all sorts of attachment dysregulation that prevents them from being able to settle down in a relationship. And they will show you that very early on. Maybe they tell you about every relationship they've had. If you hear someone's relationship history and you know, it's them tearing the person down or leaving or, or what, or if they think they were the, the victim in every single one of them, they're telling you what they're capable of. If they disappear and ghost you on a regular basis early in the relationship, they're telling you what they are capable of. And the pedestalization and the patholo- pathologizing cycle comes from asking the wrong question. The question is not, is this person good? The question is not, am I worthy? The question has nothing to do with this person's potential. A person is not their potential. A person in that moment, because we are all just a snapshot in time, there's not a huge connection between me in 2023 and 2020. You wouldn't recognize them to be the same person. Everyone's changing. But who you're dealing with in this moment is that person. That's who you've got in that moment. 
you have to ask yourself with the reality of what this is, is this what I'm looking for? Not, can I fix them? They'll get better. They want to do better. It doesn't fucking matter what they want to do. I want to do a lot of things. That doesn't matter. That isn't going to get it done. That's it. This person, who they are, what they're showing you, they're capable of, who who they are in this moment. We're not painting people into permanent roles anymore. They are showing me what they are capable of right now. Does that work for me? That's the question. We're not creating fantasy versions of people and then diagnosing them with personality disorders when they fail to live up to that fantasy version. Everybody doesn't fit nothing. The, the world's not about putting things into the good box or the bad box because that'll keep you in bullshit is because you're like, well, the, are they a good person? Or are they a bad person? This could be a great person. They can be really interesting. They could be really funny and they can be wrong for you. And pedestalizing people and going, and this goes back to the self-deceptive marketing or even the chemistry versus compatibility. Know what it is that you're looking for and do not let meeting a charismatic, funny, interesting person make you go, I don't give a fuck what I was looking for before. Because the reality is what you were looking for is always going to come back and go, but wait, I want this. Okay? So when you say, "I, I want a committed relationship, but then I meet this hilarious fuck boy. And now I want, now I have convinced myself, Oh, I actually don't like it when they always show up when they say they're going to show up. I actually, you know, I, I realized that maybe I was asking for too much before because I have locked in on this person. What you've actually locked in on is a fantasy that you can earn this person showing up different then they are capable of showing up because you got a little glitch in there somewhere that, that thinks that this is a conversation about your worth and it's not, and you can do all of this and you'll learn a lot from just doing the opposite of everything, everything that's out. You can still do it. You can still do it, but there is an opportunity here to, if you, if you truly want off of these hamster wheels that you've spent time on before is to choose to do something different. So seeing people as a work in progress, but the only progress that matters is the current moment and whether or not that works for you without creating a fantasy version of them that is a savior or a fantasy version of them that is a villain. Just here is a person, charismatic, fun, but not capable of showing up, not capable of you know, creating a life or building a life together, not wanting the same things as me or wanting more than I want to give. Maybe you're really committed to living in the single mom's coven, you know, because it's, it's better. It's a better way to raise and you don't want to do this. That's fine. So whatever it is that, that you want and that's right for you. And if you have no idea what you want, then just, just vibe, just feel it out. You don't have to know what you want. It's just important that if you do know what you want, you're not compromising it because you're getting into a subconscious chasing, uh, being chosen by someone. Now, moving on to the new rules for relationships. Once again, homogenize social expectations, homogenize societal expectations are out. Relationship diversity is in. You and your partner will decide what a healthy relationship is Keep the homogenized opinions out. As things move and shift, 
over the course of the next few years, what people are looking for in relationships is going to drastically diversify. It's already happening. It's really important that you do what is right for you and you don't allow the opinions of others to slip in and go, well, oh, you know, because there's so many opinions out there and they'll go, well, if your partner doesn't do this, they don't care about you or everything needs to be split, even Steven. A lot of people don't vibe with that. Some people might be like, I like monogamy, but I don't really care if my partner's not monogamous. My avatar did this in a couple different relationships. I'm too, already got too many logs in the, logs in the fire is not what I meant to say. Like I already got, I'm trying to get some work projects done. I don't have time for that shit, but I don't really care if you do that. But then society will be like, well, if it's not even, then it means they're getting one over. It's like, that's your dumb fucking rules. Actually. I don't care. My avatar is, uh, didn't mind doing everything with the kids. Just, I don't care. It's easier. If I just fucking do it, you're going to do it wrong. I, you know, there's TikToks telling me that means that this is a, a bad split, you know, that this is a bad, we're not dividing the thing. Well, that's your experience and that's fine. But my avatar is going to make my own rules. Don't let other people's rules ruin something where you're setting things up the way that you want to set them up. Number two for relationships, accusation is out, vulnerable curiosity is in. My avatar was raised with a mother that assumed, and this was all over the place in in relationships, assumed bad faith from her partners, assumed they were doing things uh, for ill intent or lack of caring. And this is a huge part of the codependency culture. I am experiencing a need that I feel like isn't being met. I am experiencing wanting to do this and you're not doing it with me. And my programming or society is telling me that that's because you don't love me. And so I'm going to come at you with an accusation and also filling in the intent. You actually can't know why anyone is doing anything. You actually can't know that. Every single time, you can know what someone did, but whenever you start telling a story about why they did it, you're projecting. You might be right sometimes why you're projecting, but it you can't know why that person is doing something, and half the time they can't know because many people are driven by their subconscious. And the fact that they don't know that their subconscious motivations are is like... Okay, so you're yelling at them for something they don't even know what they're doing. So when you address the experience that you're having and let the person get curious about their motivation or their reason. Now, if you're into human design, you might have different energy types. You might show up different in a relationship. So you might be someone who likes to go out and is very social. You may be with an intense introvert. You might be in human design. You might be a generator. They might be a projector. They might need a lot more alone time. Your programming might tell you, well, that alone time is because you don't care about me. That is, you're applying a story. And when you would apply, when you come at someone, when you're dealing with your partner, you ideally want resolution. You ideally want to connect. But the old paradigm is like, we need to hold each other accountable. Like we need to accuse and it's like, okay, well, 
how people work is they will then feel shame and guilt. And depending on how able they are to hold the shame and guilt, uh, they will most likely get defensive and you'll definitely not get what you want in that way. Also, if you go to speak to your partner about a need that, that, that you would like to be met, which is possible. It's not even their obligation to meet that need. And you come at them from an accusation rather than a vulnerable curiosity. So a vulnerable curiosity is here is what I am experiencing. You know, I I want to seek to understand why you don't have the desire to go out with me or why you, you don't answer my texts or why it feels like you're not interested in my hobbies or career and an open, actual vulnerable curiosity rather than telling your partner, here is where you're failing. Because when you say, here is where you're failing, and then especially if you go, here's where you're failing because you can't be bothered to whatever, and this is so normalized, this is so normalized in relationships, you're knocking that person into guilt and shame, and you're also telling them their motive, which is possibly a projection. You, po- you possibly can't see that. You definitely can't see that clearly. You might be right, but it's not a guarantee because you have your own stories and you have your own things that are getting triggered. But when you come at them with that and then they don't know that to be true of themselves, then you end up in number three. Uh, Number three for relationships, projection debates are out, holding paradoxes in. Have you ever had the experience uh, where you are having an argument in a relationship And you are debating the tone with which the person said the thing. And you're like, well, no, but you said it like this. And they're like, I didn't say it like this. And you're like, yes, you did say it like this. Guess what? Both of those timelines exist. Now, this is where it gets a little tricky. And we have to go back and say, this is all on the assumption that you have done the steps for dating. Because some of this can be a little bit dangerous if you are in a relationship with someone who is actually emotionally immature, who has an actual, uh, uh, you know, abusive tendencies, gaslights, as an actual personality disorder. You obviously want to um, be positive that you are in a relationship with someone who can show up healthy for this in order to apply these things. So... This is on the assumption that you have gone through the pedestalizing and pathologizing uh, phase and you are aware of this person's capacity. You are aware of the fact that you are in a relationship with someone that you can trust and that you can open up to and that you can be vulnerable to. So anyway, projection debates are where you debate what actually happened when there are two perspectives to every experience. Especially when we're talking about things like tone, this isn't like you stole my credit card and went shopping and I have the bill here and they say, no, that's not what happened. I'm talking about, well, you said it this way, you know, or you didn't want to do this. It was really obvious that you didn't want to do it. And the person's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Holding paradox and realizing that, and it's probably not even paradox, holding two perspectives At the same time, and using language like my avatar has started to use language like, I am experiencing you as criticizing me, leaves open this place, this connection, this bridge 
for you both to get curious about your experience and how it is affecting the other person. Because a lot of times, if your partner is dysregulated or in our house, we call it like out of space. And so there is a projector and a manifesting generator if you're into human design. So you got the projector runs out of space very fast and in, uh, out of energy very fast and needs to be alone and introvert. And the manifesting generator can be a little kind of loud and boisterous and not read the room sometimes. And so there will be this kind of exchange now in a time where there still was some healing that needed to be done on my avatar's nervous system and on my avatar's stories about being unwanted, that running out of space would be read as being unwanted, you know, or being mean, even though it was very minor. Uh, My avatar is a little sensitive a little Pisces sun, Pisces moon. So there had to be a lot of open hearted curiosity and holding two perspectives at once, which is very scary. It's especially very scary. If you had parents that weren't emotionally mature, if you've had relationships where people have exploited your empathy But a lot of times people are exploiting your empathy because you're pedestalizing them or you're attaching to their highest expression, which is usually not even real. It's a fantasy. So this is different. You're still setting boundaries. You're still deciding what it is you do and do not want to participate in, but you're no longer debating as if there is one singular absolute truth When two perspectives are interacting, when two perspectives are interacting, there are two different movies playing at the same time. This will save your friendships, your work relationships, how you feel about people on the internet. When you start to see people as having their own experience and seeing it through their own lens and their own trauma and their own programming, it opens up a whole nother world. And the reality is, is that when you are dysregulated when you are triggered when someone has stepped on your wound when you are low energy you're not feeling well you're not you're having a low self-esteem day whatever you project you project and there's nothing wrong with that but understanding that the other person is also projecting and if you're in a love relationship with them and you've determined when things are okay that you trust them opening up and rather than debating what the absolute truth of that was as if that exists because it doesn't exist. That was some sort of weird fantasy of the scientific materialist reality where there's one absolute truth for everything. When you've got nothing but perspectives floating around absolute, nothing but subjective reality is what you're experiencing most of the day, every day. So I am experiencing you as hostile right now. I am experienced. Oh, I experienced you as, yelling at me. I wasn't yelling at you. I did not intend to yell at you. I guess what I'm feeling here is 
overwhelmed with all of the noise and maybe I am starting to project on you or, oh, I, I was threatened in that moment. So I think I started to project on you an experience I had with a past partner. You know, this happened to my avatar recently. I've been watching stuff on the internet, uh, you know, certain people fighting on the internet with each other. And I think I've internalized that. And so now I think that's happening to me. It opens up in a completely different way to relate, which has a bridge for both of you to have your experience, which brings us to number four for relationships. Compromise is out. Innovation is in. If one's going to piss people off, it's going to be this one. The codependent reality will tell you that there is something really great about compromise. They will tell you that a good relationship requires you to do a lot of stuff you don't want to do because your partner wants to do it. And that's what love is. You do half the shit you don't like, and then they do half the shit that they don't like. And that's what love is. And that probably kept a lot of old people together in marriages where nobody ever truly blossomed into everything they could have been because half of their energy was going into being something that someone else wanted them to be. This does not mean you never do anything. Well, kind of, it kind of does compromise is out. Innovation is in instead of just being what your partner wants you to be. Cause this, this ironically leads to a lot of breakups because the biological imperative of consciousness, human consciousness right now is to mutate into a different type of consciousness. That is all energy really cares about. And so when you look at, you know, uh, your parents' parents and they stay together for 80 years and when they tell you what the secret is, is like, you know, shut up and do whatever she wants or whatever. And they laugh and everybody thinks that's cute. Their ability to fully go from caterpillar to butterfly or from whatever the fuck a dragonfly is before it's a dragonfly is impeded by having to be what someone else wants them to be or show up in a way that isn't authentic. All your souls care about right now is authentically expressing. And the purpose of that is because you've been in unconsciousness for thousands of years And you are trying to, like a little baby sea turtle, find your way back to the ocean of conscious awareness. And here's the paradox. Once you get to that conscious awareness, you will have a conscious awareness of the fact that you are an ecosystem and that every everything else in that ecosystem is a part of you. So you will become more compassionate. You will become perfectly authentically expressing And this thing that will work together as a perfect ecosystem, but you have to follow authenticity to get there. So if you get into relationships with the expectation of being what someone else wants you to be or what society tells you you need to be or what a love language book told you you had to do to prove love or whatever, you're not going to stay in that relationship or you're not going to continue to move forward into authenticity. It will repel. Those experiences will repel. So finding people, first of all, who are compatible and that there is so much room for authenticity because you being you and them being them doesn't require 
compromise, but innovation is, so if you don't like to travel and your partner likes to travel, then your partner starts traveling with friends. If you don't like to socialize and your partner likes to socialize, your partner learns to socialize alone. And we don't have a story here. We're not telling a story about, um, it's cause you don't love me or you don't care about me. It is just simply, I enjoy this. You don't enjoy this. We are not normalizing the expectation that you prove you love me through rituals of doing things that you don't like to do. We will innovate how to make this work. And when you look at it from that way, autonomy first, when you look at it from the perspective of how can you be you and I be me and we don't impede on that with each other. Another one back to human design. Some people move very fast. Some people move slow. It's important that the person who moves fast not be held back by the person who moves slow. And it's important that the person who moves slow not be forced into things by the person who moves fast. When you're going from the compromise thing, there is a constant expectation for someone else to move out of their natural energy in order to make this thing work. And no one is bringing in that old paradigm innovation. We're going to do something different. If these two things, if this person has to be able to move slow and I have to be able to move fast, how do we make that work? And sometimes it's going to look like compromise, but that compromise isn't going to feel forced. It isn't going to be uh, in, uh, under duress. It's just going to be, it's okay with me. I'm like honestly okay with waiting for a bit. You know, my partner moves a little bit slower than me. Sometimes my sacral gets activated and, you know, um, I need to hurry up and move fast on something and it's a joint project. And so I have to go find something else to move fast on. Or sometimes we decide I'm just going to start it and inevitably fuck it up because I move too fast. And then that makes them want to get involved so they can fix it. There's lots of different ways to do it. But when we are constantly power struggling with the expectation of compromise being the only answer, we miss so many answers. So the question to ask yourself is how can we innovate this difference in our energies and honor who we each are and a whole other world will open up to you. Number five and the final one uh, for relationships is longevity as success is out, healthy breakups are in. It's weird. You all hate your exes. It's weird. It's, it's kind of not weird because a lot of these relationships are based on codependent pedestalizing and pathologizing. So you just try to force something to stay or make it work or whatever. And then the person didn't live up to what they were. And then, you know, a lot of people are just not healthy, but moving forward, your exes will be lifelong friends. You will find it odd that it was once societally expected for you to hate your ex. If you think about it, this is a person that at one point, this is assuming the relationship was not abusive. At one point, this person was your favorite person in the whole world. And now you can't stand the sound of their name. Isn't that like when you think about that from the concept context of your current relationship, you think if we ever break up, I'm going to hate you. I'm telling, I let you see more of me than anyone else ever sees. I care what you think more than anyone else, but, but I will hate you one day if we break up is weird. It's weird. And a lot of that comes from expecting everything to last forever and then writing a crazy narrative when the thing, when the, when the track is over, some things just run their course 
And the expectation of longevity was always a fantasy. It was, it was never based. It just as naturally happens for some people. It naturally happens for some people. And the more that you progress in consciousness, the more likely it is that you will have like longer relationships because you will find people who are actually resonant with you, who will actually grow at the same pace and it's actually more attainable, but it can't be the only metric of success. Did you change in that relationship? Did you heal in that relationship? Did you find yourself in that relationship? Did you have good laughs? Did you bring beings onto the planet? Like there are tons of other metrics of success and to see yourself as a failure to, to need to villainize that person because the thing didn't work out or they didn't want to do it anymore or you didn't want to do it anymore is weird. Healthy breakups, reading the room, feeling the energy, feeling the, the wind change will become more normalized as time goes on and people will release they will, what's that corny, they will consciously uncouple, like Gwyneth Paltrow. I really hate to end it on that, but I don't think I have anything else to say. All the music is made by Sutnop. All the music in the history of this entire podcast is made by Sutnop, which is S-U-I-T-N-O-P. You can find most of it on the apps, whatever, at Spotify, all the music apps under Suitnop. You can join the Patreon. Uh, there's a free tier now where I share random thoughts about shit and occasional episodes, maybe an episode once every couple months. I will eventually release those episodes on YouTube and Spiritual Bro. There are a couple that are already on the free tier of Patreon. I just haven't gotten around to putting them on. I hate YouTube so much, uh, but I just haven't gotten around to doing it. So if you want them fast, the free episodes, you want them fast, join the free tier of Patreon. And there is a $5 tier where you get two episodes and all of the past episodes um, from the last few years, and there's a $10 tier where we do live streams and energy updates as well as the podcast. There used to be a $20 tier. I got rid of it for the last year because I had other stuff going on. I think I might bring it back. I don't know. But that's patreon.com backslash Jessa Reed, I think. I don't know. It's another app. Hate to do it. It's another app, but it, you can, at least on the free tier, find stuff there. Jessa Reed on Instagram. I changed my name because it feels like a lie to say comedy at this point. I am a retired stand-up comedian. I'm on TikTok now, starting to say things on TikTok. That's also Jessa Reed on TikTok. If you want to hear that meandering with more of a face involved. Sometimes I do sessions. I don't know. They're not currently up on the website because I want to change the names and stuff, but you can email me if you want to get a link. I don't do a lot, but I do some. Okay, that's it. So have a good day. Happy Valentine's Day.
crown under the head.